Good evening, everyone. And, um, last week and the week before, I've been speaking to you about values of Jesus Christ and uh, what we're. He's on the mountain and he's giving a homily. And as homilists, uh, most of us speak from our heart, what's closest to our heart. This is when we write the homily, we, we have to speak about the Word of God, but uh, it's close to our heart. So when I think of Jesus speaking on the mountain, giving the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, he's speaking, uh, he always spoke from the heart, but uh, these were his values that he was communicating to the people and his desires uh, for his followers and um, this gospel reading becomes very challenging. Uh, and uh, last week I tried to uh, help us to understand when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. What does he mean by this? What uh, is the expectation he is putting forth for us? And uh, so this evening now, uh, he, there's another, well, there's many, many statements that were read in the gospel, but he says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. There will be no place for you there. This is harsh. And uh, so we have to look and um, what is this then? What is he talking about? This is a value statement for him. And uh, he certainly, uh, he angered the Pharisees and scribes when he said this. Um, and he didn't do so uh, lightly with them. So I thought, okay, you can pose it in the negative. What, uh, what is the surpassing righteousness or what is not the surpassing righteousness? And uh, I think uh, today for us and the way we understand and speak, uh, when I hear someone say, well, Father, I don't murder anybody and I don't commit adultery and I don't perjure myself about much, is usually what they say. Well, uh, my response, and I don't mean to be uh, awful about it, but uh, most people on this earth, they do not murder, <laughs> and they do not commit adultery, and they don't perjure themselves. So um, that's not so righteous, is it, apparently? So um, the Lord is teaching us something in this account in this afternoon on the mountain, and that true righteousness is, goes deeper than all these precepts. And he starts with the, you have heard it said, and he's taking command. Uh, this is how rabbis speak uh, and teachers speak. So this is what he's communicating to them. He said, you've heard it. You shall not commit murder. Then he goes, but I say to you, avoid senseless anger and abusive words and hostility towards others. He's putting forth the, the value that's in the statement that is not so apparent. And uh, one can destroy people in more subtle ways than by murdering them. One can destroy people through hatred and slander and gossip and malicious speech. One can destroy a person by insults and malicious speech about their character whether it's true or not, I mean, their character, what they're saying, I mean, there's, you can always present it in a charitable manner. Maybe it's not stabbing the person in the heart when we speak 
uh, so violently, uh, but it's certainly stabbing them in the back, as we would understand it. Surpassing righteousness happens when the human dignity, the dignity of the human person is respected, when we do not engage in insults and ridicule uh, that is so pervasive in our society today. I don't have a footprint in social media, but I hear about it, and it's awful. So from time to time when I hear about a good tweet or a good TikTok, is there even such thing as a good TikTok? <laughs> I'm amazed. Or, oh my mercy, Facebook, Ugh. <laughs> the things. So my friend then, the ones who respect a person, even though they may disagree with them, maybe cannot understand everything, I believe the value statement here is that is surpassing righteousness. Jesus says, you heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, and then he went on to make that value statement, avoid infidelity of the heart. And for example, today of late, fantasizing and entertaining all those things on the internet. You know what I'm talking about. Don't make me be detailed about it. There are young people here. They understand completely. Or, my friends, even worse, the disengagement from the life of the family that destroys family life and separates people and divides people of the same household. So, my friends, when I look at it, legally they are married, but emotionally they have divorced themselves from their spouse or from the family. Suppressing, suppressing righteousness is the one who remains committed no matter how difficult it may be, and nourishes the family life, life, not just in generalities, but to the very foundations so that the family life is the most important thing. In a culture where family life is so easily neglected and devalued, the one who upholds the family life, that is the one who surpasses the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes of our time. Jesus said, you have heard it said to your ancestors, do not take oaths, false oaths, is actually what uh, the Latin puts it in. In other words, avoid the need to swear an oath. One's word should be clear and dependable, whether you're in court or not. Because he presents it in a, in a court setting. Avoid words loaded with all kinds of deceptions within them, half-truths. In a world where people's conversation and speeches uh, become a game of sorts so that even though we know what the people are saying, the words, we don't know what they're talking about. We don't know what they really mean by it. Just watch the news. <laughs> I watch it and sometimes I turn it off and I'm like, I have no idea what their point was. Or what are they talking about? Or is that even believable? Be people of truth whose yes is yes and whose no is no. The person whose word is dependable and reliable, that one has surpassing righteousness compared to the Pharisees and scribes of old and those of today. 
I think the Lord is putting forth his values, but he's talking about the inner attitudes that precede our actions. Another way of putting it, do the very best thing for the very best reasons. The real measure, my friends, when I was thinking about this, the real measure of violence in our neighborhoods is found in the way people attack each other in their words, the way they put people down, their neighbors, and despise others and hold grudges and desire vengeance so that the taking of life becomes only the next step in a process that is already filled with hatred. It begins in the heart, is what I'm getting at. The measure of the breakdown of the family life is not so much understood by the number of divorces. And I've, Every year, the percentages come out in there. It's heartbreaking, but those are numbers. And I don't think we should just be looking at the numbers, but look deeper. Is it a lack of commitment of today, of responsibility in relationships in the family? The degree of falsehood in society is not measured by the lawsuits. And my goodness, we have a, a this society is very um, litigative. You know, they lit everything, no matter what it is. Even if you just say the wrong thing now, you are going to court with somebody over this. But the degree of this falsehood that is permeates is not measured just by these litigations and lawsuits but by all the lies and deceptions and half-truths so pervasive and accepted as normal. Again, I go back to the news and I see how people treat each other and talk and it, it's just accepted as normal. This is normal. It's not normal. It's not nice. There's a tendency to say that everybody does it. Well, we don't have to be like everybody else. And this was my point last week. One of the points. As Christians, as Catholic Christians, we are not to be like everybody else. That was one of my points. And we do have a choice. And we must choose. That is what the first reading is getting at. The choice is yours. And if you go deeper into that reading from Sirach, it is really needs to be unpacked. The prophet is saying, it's your choice, and don't blame God. He doesn't do anything to cause you to sin, but it also says, but he's not going to do anything to help you to do good. He's letting you do this because the thumbprint is on your heart. You know he's saying free will and responsibility are tied together. And he says, choose. But the way you choose will either lead to a life or it will lead to death. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> I think the Lord is teaching us that our Christian identity is defined not only by what we do not do, murder and adultery and false witness, but also what we do do. We always have the chance to examine and re-examine the choices that we are making and how it is renewing our life, to look at the fidelities that shape and continue to reshape our lives. We need to ask ourselves, do they come from the teachings of Jesus Christ? Or 
as that first, as the reading said, do they come from the rulers of this world now? Society. Or are you following Jesus and his values? Do they lend us to be salt of the earth and light for the world? Each Sunday is a call to remodel our lives into places of surpassing righteousness. Or as some people would say, to take the higher road <laughs> in a situation. To be those instruments of salt and light. Realistically, we can only do so much about the world around us. But, and I sincerely mean this, we can do a lot about the world that is inside of us. And that certainly has the ability to affect the world that is outside. I can't, I know it impacts. If someone is vicious and mean, it impacts everyone around them. But if they walk in kindness and charity of heart, that also impacts. Even the one who is the most hardest of heart, if nothing else, they'll walk away saying, Ooh, they're so good. Ugh. Maybe tomorrow I will try to be a little bit like that. <laughs> Maybe. And my friends, uh, on, on this occasion, on this Saturday, um, I had time to think about St. Bernadette Subaru, young woman who was considered to be ignorant in her time. This was today's the anniversary of the first apparition of a woman from heaven dressed in white, who appears to this young girl who knows nothing. And the woman speaks to her about love and about mercy and about peace and forgiveness. And peace not only within the human heart, but peace in the world. Things that were far beyond this young woman. And then even more astounding, finally, after asking her, who are you? Who are you? The woman says, I am the Immaculate Conception. Bernie <laughs> <laughs> didn't even know what she was talking about. <laughs> she had to go tell the priest. This is what the woman said. And the priest is like, are you crazy? <laughs> that is not a person. That is an action that happens. And the immaculate conception is something that happens. It's not a person. You misunderstood. And my friends, what we forget is just a few years earlier, one of the popes put forth the dogma of the immaculate conception. I believe it was Jesus sending his mother to say, yes, you got this right. Maybe not so many other things, but you got this right, right? So on this day we remember, let us search for that peace. The woman spoke about it. Peace. Peace. Do what my son tells you to do. That is from Scripture. That lady has got to be Mary. <laughs> Those are what's recorded of her. So when she says this to this young girl, do what my son tells you to do. Give him glory, not just in your words, but in your deeds. And pray. She said, pray, pray, pray. 
or write lots of books. You wrote 17 books, brother. I am t 18. I am impressed. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about those books, brother. I just, I didn't know about that until just week. Someone pointed it out to me. I want to talk to him about that because uh, some good books. I mean, you always need a list of good books besides the good book, right? <laughs> Which is really books, the Bible. And my friends, uh, in this gospel, Jesus talks about make peace before you go to court, lest you get thrown into jail. This is the catalyst and foundation of a particular right within our mass. The peace. Where Father says, the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all and with your... And then the deacon says, now let us exchange a sign of peace. It's not a, it's not a social thing. Hello, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. It's actually this notion of before you come to the altar, before you try to give your gift, make peace. And the church puts it in there and it's optional. It's an optional piece. And uh, during COVID, it was certainly taken away. Uh, Deacon and I, uh, we agree, uh, you know, sometimes maybe it shouldn't be there, but when it does, and some people don't like their space invaded, to just look at one another, look the person in the eye, peace, and just a nod, a bow, peace. You don't have to touch. You don't have to touch peace. I have to go to the altar. I have to make sure I have peace with everybody, peace with my staff members. <laughs> so my friends, I hope this helps us, helps enlighten what Jesus was doing. Uh, it seemed to be that Jesus was contradicting, but he was not. Um, it seems like uh, the law of the prophets, and the, uh, uh, he, he, he called his disciples to greater it is not enough just to read what it says and just do that. Everything he was doing says, no, I will want more from you. That is what he meant was it must surpass what those Pharisees and scribes have done because they misunderstand. So he was trying to make us understand and he showed us. And ultimately he would say two things. All of these can be reduced to two things. Love of God and love of your neighbor. And my friends, and I know I'll probably get emails about this, but when I hear, oh, love is love, it's no, 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 no. Because the way I love my ice cream is not the way I love my mother. <laughs> the way a husband and wife love each other is not the way they love <laughs> their child. The way one loves their car is <laughs> not the same way they love their dog. There are degrees and changes. And when, what Jesus is talking about is what we know in the Latin as agape, or what I prefer, hased, covenantal love. So when he says, love God, be in relationship with him, walk with him, and love your neighbor, he tied them together forever. You will not be able to worship God properly if you hate. You're not going to be able to. If you want to disagree with me, that's fine. But the scriptures and what Jesus did, he tied two laws from Leviticus and Deuteronomy that the Pharisees and scribes never put together. He linked them and said, all the prophets, all the laws, here it is, love. 
and I can almost hear him, and he didn't do it. I'm taking liberties. And he said two things, these, and I would say, ultimately, he would mesh them into one. There was one law, the law of love. And if you abide by chesed, you will need no laws whatsoever. Amen?